0: This is Listen Here Now, Serious Library News Magazine, the podcast for the Pendleton Public Library. Please like and subscribe, and us, recommend us to friends and family. Today, we have City Manager Rob Corbett with us. Hi Rob.
1: How are you today? I am well. Good, thank you for inviting me.
0: I was so pleased that I sat at your table, well you came over and sat at our table. At the Pendleton Proud Day. Yes. That was a good day.
1: Yeah. I got a lot of good feedback from it. Uh, it's always good to get all the employees together or as many as possible and and look at some key issues that we all share and maybe celebrate the good things that we do. And so I uh, this year was a good event.
0: Yeah. I like that event because I like to see the people who are working in the city and put faces on names and then you know there's always somebody in public works in the water department that i've never seen in my life yeah <laughs> and i just like to see them because the whole bunch comes out
1: you me. and me both yes there's and there's a lot of new faces a lot of people retiring so there's been a lot of turnover
0: yeah that's right um well i have some questions to ask you let's get started.
1: I hope I get them right.
0: <laughs> I'm not quizzing you, and it doesn't matter if it matches up with things that you've told me before. I I give the people who come on the show 20 questions that I ask them, and a lot of people like to know ahead of time so that I'm not springing something on them, and they say, oh, uh, even though they know exactly what the answer is, this isn't that kind of show. <laughs> you can say, uh, oh, all you want. I don't I don't really cut anything out. It's Good just though. chat. Okay. chat. Yeah. I think of it as you are chatting with the library. Okay. And the library is letting the rest of town listen in on it. Okay. All right. So, Rob, what is your job?
1: I am the chief executive officer for the city of Pendleton,
0: which we call the city manager. Correct. Is there a difference between city manager and chief executive officer?
1: I don't know, but there are some uh, who are some executive officers for cities who are administrators, which simply means that the, uh, they have less authority than a city manager. Um, for example, a city administrator might not oversee the police chief or the fire chief or both. Whereas the city manager, I I see I oversee all departments within the city, except the uh, I I do not oversee the municipal court judge.
0: <laughs> For obvious reasons. Uh, and where are you from?
1: I was born and raised in Burns, Oregon, which is 180 miles south of here.
0: It's not as far as I always think it is. Burns seems so far away, but it isn't. It's. Yeah, it's closer than Portland.
1: Right. A uh, very remote area.
0: hmm I have been there before because I've been a lot of places in Oregon.
1: But... Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: and have you moved around a lot?
1: I have. Uh, I left Burns when I was a junior in high school and I lived in uh, Western Oregon and Washington um, for about 15 years. And then I went back to Burns and uh, moved. It. Then, then from there, I became the city manager in Burns. And then, and then I was hired in Prineville, Oregon. Then I went to Sutherland, Oregon, which is just north of Roseburg. Mm-hmm. And then, in tw- in December of 2011, I was hired here in Pendleton.
0: It doesn't seem like 10 years ago, does
1: it? It doesn't. Time flies. Yeah.
0: Seems like just maybe a couple. Seems like you've been here probably about six years. You yeah. Know, you know what's going on. You can. No. Don't, yeah. Don't know
1: time, time goes very fast.
0: Um. Uh. What is your favorite thing here?
1: Uh. So I'm probably gonna get this wrong because there's a lot of things <laughs> that I like about Pendleton. And I we love can talk about all of them. I love community. the culture of the community. Um. I love the history and tradition of Pendleton. Uh, we really enjoy the uh, the weather here. It's much milder weather here than what my wife and I are accustomed to down in Burns. And then we also like this part of the state. There's a lot of diversity in the landscape and, and being people who love the outdoors, um, that's really been nice for us to explore this part of Oregon, Washington and Idaho.
0: It's, I'm always saying this on this podcast: the mountains are right there. It's completely different from the river, which yes. is right there. I mean, not even our river, yes. but like the Columbia. Fifteen
1: minutes, you're fifteen <laughs> minutes from the forest. That's pretty right. awesome.
0: It's to look at it on a map and to read about it in an encyclopedia. It sounds like a oh, dry grassland plains. It's not very interesting. It is fascinating. Yeah. Every little draw, every little crease has its own little forest in it, and like dense forest.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You can be right next to the mountain lion and not even know. That's right. (laughs) Um. And how do you use the library?
1: Uh, I have an online account, and my everybody in my family, uh, we download audiobooks. And we listen to audiobooks. That's the primary per, That's the primary service that we uh, get from the library.
0: Me too. I work here, and that's mostly what I do yeah. with my library card. Is yeah. Get audiobooks. Yeah. It's invaluable.
1: Once in a while, um, because I only work, I think I work directly above this office, mm-hmm. uh, I will walk down and, and grab a book off the shelf because I still enjoy opening up a book.
0: Of course. That's, you know, they come across my hands because I catalog also. And uh, I look through the books. But it's rare that I take one out and read it. Yeah. But I'm in the car a long time because, yeah, it's great to live here, but also everything's far away from everything. Right. So so you gotta listen to it. And so,
1: and my family's grown, my children have grown up listening to books on tape while we drive down the road.
0: I can't believe those kids are grown up, but they are. (laughs) <laughs> um, what's the farthest you've been from home? Uh,
1: I, Japan, I f- was able to f- uh, go with the city members of the community uh, as part of a group to look at the security of restoring the student exchange program here in Pendleton and so uh, it was very enjoyable.
0: You went to our sister city did you?
1: Mainama Soma Japan, uh-huh. yes.
0: Uh, which was the place where they had the terrible tidal wave. Yes. And,
1: um... Yeah, and then the nuclear, nuclear, nuclear the nuclear uh, uh, destruction of the, the nuclear plants there, and so there was a lot of uh, nuclear contamination that people were concerned about, and so we went and investigated all that and ultimately made a decision that it was safe for people to return.
0: When did you go do that?
1: Uh, it, it was 2012 or 13 would be my guess.
0: Uh, and we have had the kids back. I mean not last year because we didn't have right. round up and they come around. Roundup. Right. Um, well they haven't had the kids back. Right. for a couple of years, but they were coming and that was fun. And we we're sending kids too? They were go and
1: you, visit? We yeah, we the the exchange has worked both ways up until like you said last year was canceled. This year will be canceled. Um, and so I would expect in 2022 uh, it will return. So the Pendleton Cultural Trust, or excuse me, the Pendleton Cultural Foundation. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm confusing nonprofits, but I'm I'm still an officer on the board and uh, we actively uh, uh, encourage children to uh, participate in the exchange, and we have a good list of volunteers that help continue that uh, student exchange program uh, on to this day.
0: It's a neat thing that we get to do to have that sister city, and they are in size and temperament very similar to pendleton right
1: so if anybody has an interest in their children participating in a student exchange or even hosting japanese kids who come here uh contact me at city hall or uh you can get in touch with us through the high school
0: Uh, do it you guys because it's something fun to be uh, involved in uh oh and what did you think of Japan
1: did you Uh, you know what I what what I uh, the food was hard to get used to and everything's small so I remember being in a hotel room and feeling like I was in a camp trailer and uh, and I'm a big person anyways um, but uh, what that's the one thing that stands out is everything seems to be much larger here than in Japan Uh, the other thing that stood out to me was the bullet trains they have trains that go, I think, over 200 miles an hour, and it, it just—it just seems surreal to see uh, a vehicle travel that fast. A you know, a train traveling that fast across the landscape—a
0: landscape which is really, in many. Places that uh, kind of antique-looking. They yeah, they yeah. really preserve and rebuild in ways that are.
1: They do. I was old. in a I was in a school that clearly had been built in the 40s or 50s, and it looked for, like they take very good care of the schools. And what I felt like was, if this school were in the United States, we would have torn it down and built a new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they preserve uh, uh, the assets that they have very well.
0: They have some very interesting ideas about uh, they have natural resources and how they husband their natural resources. Very wise, yeah. Very uh, carefully yep. done. Even though well, they're very
1: limited, they have very limited resources. So I would that would seem like a logical outcome being in that situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's. What's a reference question you have always wanted to ask?
1: I forgot. What did I put? Uh,
0: is there an audiobook share club I can Oh,
1: play? yeah. Tell so me I'm,
0: what it is. I want to
1: know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that's frustrating about um, uh, access to books is they, they seem, audiobooks seem as expensive as, uh, as a new book. Mm-mm. And so um, I'm being a, a cheapskate, I guess, that I am. Um, I've always wondered, you know, if I bought a book, I I have people that I could share my books with, and it seems logical in this day and age that if I bought audio books or digital books that I could trade them. And so that's something that I've always been curious about.
0: It's a good idea, Um, especially people who, a lot of people do buy them less and less as time goes on. There are a lot of people who do buy them. um, And because they come in and say, well, I have these books, you know, can you guys use them? What we might think about doing is starting a list. Do you want to be in a sharing club? Because how would that be different from a book club? I don't think it would be.
1: Yeah, I don't. I'm just not that technical savvy. I, I don't, I'm sure there's a way where I could take my digital book and let you read it uh-huh. um, I just don't know how I would go about that
0: I'm sure that publishers are not really that keen yeah, on sure. that so.
1: but that's one of the amazing <laughs> things about our library is you guys do such an amazing job with innovation yeah. That uh, that's something I really appreciate about all of you
0: we're trying we're trying <laughs> uh, what do you wish people knew about your job
1: what did I put down
0: uh, some of the things oh, that's oh, really
1: oh. <laughs> yeah so I put down there's a lot of things that um, that especially now here in Pendleton um, up at the test range the the unmanned aerial system test range is, an, is a very innovative environment mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people who are coming to Pendleton to test these vehicles that are part of our future but before they'll come here, they make a sign non-disclosure agreements, and so um, we can't talk about much of what's happening, and uh, and so that's one of the things that I wish I could tell that more people knew about mm-hmm. is the amazing projects that are happening uh, just you know right outside our window. Uh, it's just a remarkable time in history, and in 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 ways that are amazing where. Uh, we're on the front line of it, and I think our children are very fortunate because as time goes on, our children will be given uh, increased opportunities to be able to participate in an industry that's just going to be incredible.
0: The first person I had on this podcast was James, but the second person I had was Steve Lawn. Yes. And Steve Lawn <laughs> talked about exciting things going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. That's, and he knows he knows <laughs> uh, what's your favorite dream
1: my favorite dream uh, I can't I, so I, um, I don't remember what I said
0: travel the country hunting fishing so oh, <laughs> I have lots of dreams
1: so my dream that I wrote down when you gave me the questionnaire was that uh, that I would my wife and I would uh be able to travel the country see this this country it's just it's an amazing place and as much as i would like to travel out of the country and visit sites um, i'm particularly interested in traveling this country and seeing the 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 diversity of of community communities and the landscape Um, i love to hunt and fish i love to camp i love to explore the outdoors, and um, I could just spend the rest of my life uh, driving new roads <laughs> in this country uh, with uh, with my family. Yeah,
0: you could do that and not even get out of the Western states. Yes, not that's even right. get anywhere near the Mississippi I, River.
1: <laughs> I heard about somebody. You know, you hear about people who have dreams of going to every baseball stadium in the major leagues. Mm -hmm. My dream, and then I heard about somebody who had the dream of going to every national park in the country. I think that would just be fantastic.
0: Wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, When we were doing the National Parks of the West collection, we just got bunches and bunches of stuff about all different national parks, and I was so amazed at how many there really were. Yes. Uh, the, The state that has the most is, I think, California. Oh. Because of Ronald Reagan. Yeah. And he just, he made sure that there were... Yeah. All of those neat places had a Yeah. Ronald park. But it might be Utah. Mm. <laughs> because yeah. of Canyonlands and...
1: Yeah. I'm I'm more of a warm, a cool weather person. I would rather be cold than hot. Me too. So I would, I, I'm really drawn to uh, Canada, Western Canada, Alaska... Um, so those are the kind of areas that I would really hate. going to Utah in the summertime sounds very
0: it sounds like uncomfortable. a frying pan on the flame yes exactly <laughs> me too I would like to go to the Grand Canyon but I want to go when it's snowy
1: yeah well <laughs> good luck with that
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you roller skate
1: I, I, cannot, I cannot roller skate but I can ride a horse I, my, I married a woman who grew, grew up on a ranch and our daughter grew up riding horses on the ranch and so uh, we've had horses the entire 20 years we've been married or nearly and, um, and so I have learned to ride though not very well I've also been bucked off I say I was bucked off my family claims that I just fell off, um, which they're probably—they're probably more right than I am, because the horse that I was on uh, has a reputation as being a child or a, uh, a, a horse that is safe for children to ride on. So they're they're wondering how I could have ever been bucked off of well, that okay. horse. Well, okay.
0: But there's a big there's lots of horses that I have known who are just scare scareham nut jobs until they have a child and then they're just so careful. Oh. oh. Okay. Not every horse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder how you would find out whether a nut job horse was safe for children. Well, seems- you know, that seems dangerous every, in and of itself.
0: Every single horse is a very deep well of nut job with a just a very thin coating of oak. Oh, see, about. now
1: you're into the horse psychology, so <laughs> you need to have my wife on your podcast uh, to she talk wants to about come, horse psychology.
0: Jeez. If she wants to come, I want to talk it's to her. It's
1: fascinating. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I'm i a lifelong horse. Holder. Really? Um, yeah. That's awesome. So <laughs> I have had a lot of experience with horses, both benign and <laughs> malignant. <laughs> As so, have we. Yeah. Uh, what project are you working on now?
1: Uh, just completed budget. We're having our we had our first budget meeting this morning and so uh, that's a good project Uh, working with um, on long-term recovery for Mackay Creek there are some issues with the way that that system functions that has resulted in multiple floods and and we need to we need to address that
0: is it Mackay Creek uh, just its whole career (laughs) or is it since that flood that we had here before last
1: or no we've had 30 years we've had in 30 years we've had three major floods Mm -hmm. and it's it's uh, and and the feeling is is that that's too many and and I and I might be able to make the case that it's becoming increasingly dangerous for people who live below the dam yeah um, because historically we uh, the lower Mackay Creek water control district was able to maintain the capacity of the stream because, uh, and they haven't been able to maintain that stream for a long time. And so I think that has, that's, you know, that's, that's not a good situation that's going to require a long-term look at uh, how do we, how do we address the security of the people who live below the dam? So I'm working on that. Um, Um, And then also uh, starting to get into homelessness. Uh, Capco recently purchased the Whiskey Inn. Uh, They renamed it The Promise Inn. And the hope is, is that they can help homeless people transition out of uh, addiction and mental health, uh, uh, destructive, a destructive lifestyle into a, a constructive lifestyle where they are safe and secure, um, and and making a, a contribution to this to society, and so uh, that's a really it's a growing problem, and uh, and so uh, it's become something that I'm spending more and more time trying to uh, help
0: with. Now is the time to really start doing some proactive things, some things that are helping, rather than they're getting to be a problem that there's absolutely no solution for. and Well, I guess it's just people dying in the streets now. Yeah. We don't have to get like that. We can do what we're doing, which is trying some things.
1: Yes. That's the hope.
0: Yeah. It worries me. (laughs) It worries me a lot. It
1: worries a lot of people.
0: Uh, When you hear people talking about, well, you used to know everybody that was homeless and, you know, well, you didn't. <laughs> you no. knew who you saw, but you didn't yeah. know who was having that kind of trouble and who was, you know, desperate. Yes. It. Um. Well, so, let's move on. <laughs> that always makes me feel really bad. Uh, what's the best project you've done in the past twelve months?
1: The best project that I've done in the last twelve months is. Uh, you know, I don't know. Did I, what did I put said, down? You said
0: balance the budget over COVID. Oh. And I am astonished. How did it not poke a bunch of holes? Well, it did. We, But
1: stuff. what we did is, uh, in response to COVID, we, we changed the operations of the, of some of the departments within the city to be able to lower our costs, mm-hmm. um, in reaction to lowered revenues. We, we left some positions that were vacant. We left them empty. Um, we we reduced the expenditures and reassigned other people to different departments. And so um, you know, we, we've actually gotten through it fairly well. Um, the biggest concern I have are the businesses with with the open and shut uh, you know open and opening and closing multiple times over this past year um it's just it's it's a real struggle that uh we need to figure out how to get beyond that and i think with the weather warming up and the vaccine being out i think we're going to see it go go that the that the the numbers go in the right direction and we'll have more stability in our economy
0: now we went back up in risk uh, at the end of last week and i think it was because just easter and spring break people got together and passed the the virus around. Uh, is that what it looks like, or is it a bigger spike than
1: that? You know, I, I don't know if it was the Easter holiday of people gathering or if it was just a cyclical process. I, I think that largely um, these things... I, I don't know how much control we have over the containment of the virus. I'm, you know, we've touted for the last several years or several months how Oregon has been successful in containing the virus by taking the measures that we have. But right now, we're the fastest growing state in the country in terms of new cases. So so it doesn't, it doesn't it's not logical to me that, um, it, it suggests to me that maybe we're not in as much control over the spread of the virus as maybe we think we are. And so, uh, but that's, you know, those are things that I can't control. It's it's very it's a very confusing issue. Um, I, my, I, I spend so much of my time trying to make sure that we're following the rules and we're keeping our employees safe and the community safe, that I don't really have time to get into the policies of it.
0: Right. And I was, I really thought that what you guys decided to do was the right thing that, you know, most of us were working from home. We weren't a whole bunch of us in the building at the same time. And I really think that that was, that was wise.
1: You know, we're fortunate that we haven't lost any employees uh, uh, or have have any, uh, that many illnesses. I know that there were some organizations that were devastated by COVID.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And a few people that worked for the city did have it. They but, did. But relatively mild. Not going to the hospital. Yeah. I had it in January before we knew. Oh. Not great. Oh, yeah. Not great.
1: I don't imagine it was.
0: <laughs> it was. I've had the flu before, so I know what it's like to have a serious illness like that, but it was nothing Yeah. like that. It was... You felt like you were breaking, like you were made of glass, and that you were breaking. Mm. It anyway, I did. Yeah, terrible. Um, can you cook?
1: I, I I'm learning to cook. Okay. I enjoy I enjoy food, and so because I enjoy food, I enjoy cooking. And because my wife doesn't like to cook, she enjoys <laughs> me learning how to cook. So I'm I'm getting there.
0: Uh huh. And what is for dinner?
1: For dinner, uh, my, you know, the favorite dish that I make is I, my family bought me a barbecue. And so I've started experimenting with ribs and pork and uh, just the the day I barbecued some chicken thighs. And so um, what, if, if I have time, uh, what's for dinner would probably be a tri-tip uh, roast.
0: Yeah, uh, my mom is wanting the big green egg. Yeah. Really bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> She's been asking for it since Christmas. She's going to get it, darn it. If we'd get another stimulus check, I'm going to get a big rematch. Yeah.
1: Well, it's coming.
0: <laughs> uh, what's your favorite website?
1: Google. I'm on Google all the time. I've gotten myself trained. If I want to know something, I just really—it's amazing—the uh, the wisdom that's of the information that's available to us at our fingertips. I'm on Google all the time.
0: People talk about. You know, you have to be careful about what's on the internet. Maybe Google isn't the best, but Google is the best. I mean, you can decide what is a good website. Yeah. If they tell you right there if yeah. they have real information or not. It's a good site. <laughs> I don't really care for how much they look at what I'm looking at. Right. Like twice in the past three months I've been thinking of something, have not mentioned it to anyone, and all of a sudden it's on my ads.
1: is that something?
0: <laughs> like a coat yeah. one time and hiking boots one time. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, what was the last movie you saw?
1: Um, my son and I are um, uh, uh, marathon watching james bond
0: like from the beginning
1: yeah in order <laughs> and so we are really enjoying the what is now humorous uh a, a creation of james bond <laughs> uh, my family we started there's a new series out about the life of jesus uh-huh. called Ch- the chosen and uh and it's the first time that i've seen uh jesus portrayed as uh as realistic uh it's just amazing uh it's amazing portrayal of his life and so that's we saw year one they just started year two and i think they have plans for seven years and we love that so we're like on the edge of our seat waiting for the third of season two coming out
0: they are really putting out some good shows
1: yes they are
0: who is your favorite james bond
1: What's my favorite James Bond? I I mean, which which actor? Oh, oh, well, we're only on the like the fifth or sixth one, and um, and so I can't even think of the guy who was the original James Bond. I don't know, so he's probably Sean Connery. Sean Connery's probably my favorite. So the the one we just watched was in His uh, in his Majesty's Service. And it's when they changed from the Sean Connery, the first move, to a new James Bond. And it was a complete disappointment. I think it's probably the only time that person was given the, the role of James mm-hmm. Bond. And I know why.
0: He's an Australian, you know. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, he is. Oh. He plays the dad on some sitcom that is uh, an yeah. Australian actor, a comedian is the yeah. guy. And then he got to get that guy to play his dad. He wanted the guy who played Carcadal D. Okay, And he was interested but he had some things happen in his private life and he couldn't take the role. No. So he got that guy. Uh, What's his name?
1: Uh, I don't Donald. know.
0: Anyway, <clears throat> he said well my dad, my real life dad, was very excited that yeah. he was being played by <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Craig is my favorite. Uh, yeah. Um. What's the last book you read?
1: Uh, you know there was. Um, I don't know. What did I put down?
0: You put Chronicles of Narnia, but that's a series,
1: right? Yeah, I know. Well, okay. So the oh, well, oh, you're right. So I watched the the witch, the wardrobe, the the wardrobe, the
0: witch and the wardrobe.
1: That's the first. So yeah. I had, I had read the story of somebody who read that series. Uh, while they were in college, which piqued my interest. I'd seen the movies, but I'd never read the books. And, um, and, uh, and so I was interested, I, the C.S. Lewis is a famous Christian. Um,
0: Apologist. A, okay.
1: That's and, what they call it. And so I was interested in, in, in reading it through his eyes mm-hmm. as an adult. Mm-hmm. And so I, I read through that book and then my intention is to go through that series um so that's the last book that i finished i also read a story i wish i could think of the name of it it was about a girl who grew up in germany in the early years of world war ii It's recently came out Um, i read that book i found it it it, it was interesting it was an interesting read and then i have probably a dozen books that i just kind of pick up and dabble in Um, a lot of old older books herman melville um, I'm reading through some of the Federalist Papers right now. Um, that's kind of how I read.
0: There's this series of books that I think it was a professor in Harvard picked out, and it will fill a five-foot bookshelf with books, and they're all classics that make it so that you have a good general education. It's called The Five-Foot Bookshelf.
1: It's called the what?
0: The Five Foot Bookshelf. Okay. as has a series. Okay. And it has, like, the Federalist Papers yep. and um, Ben Franklin's autobiography in it. Yeah. And uh, there's this little guidebook that you can get that tells you, okay, today is the 4th of May. Yeah. Uh, you should read this passage in this book. Yeah. And so, it's actually a kind of a nice way... <laughs> to read those things and yeah. so you don't have to sit down and say okay i'm gonna read a chapter of the federalist papers all right i got through it <laughs>
1: i have a similar collection very similar it's uh great books of the western civilization uh-huh. and they have the same type of a kind of a guide that guides you through it and you you know and there's a whole range uh of uh readings from our past yeah. Uh, related to uh, uh, progressive Western civilization culture, and so I I, ha- I am picking away at that. In fact, I one of my books that's open right now is War and Peace, uh-huh. and so I'm halfway through that. I've probably been reading it since I was, you know, 30. Uh-huh. Um, but I, you know, I'll pick up pick it up sometime when I'm like if I go on a camping trip. Sometimes I'll just grab that and and struggle through it. But uh, yeah, I got I, I have something very similar.
0: Melville strangely readable like if you just take a little bit of it at random and just read a little bit there's so many little things little details and descriptions and things about whaling and it's all interesting and then it's just oh my word yeah (laughs) Yeah, you
1: know it's it yeah I mean you uh people who didn't have tv or screens um, they were much easier much more easily entertained
0: yeah I'm listening to um, the mysterious old radio show podcast right now okay. and they, every week they play an old radio show and then uh-huh. three guys discuss it and it's mostly um, suspenseful or scary ones <laughs> I just listened to one <laughs> called The Thing on the Formal Floor It's about a guy that discovers a creature when he is working on an oil rig. Uh (laughs) And this is something from before TV. Yes. And it's. um, I can't imagine how they let it be made. Yes. (laughs) It is a mind bender. Yes. So many. It's no wonder the FCC is a thing because (laughs) they shouldn't let you listen to a bunch of (laughs) these horrible (laughs) things. I love them. I've gotten to this point where things don't scare me or bother me anymore because, you know, nothing can be worse than real life. Yes. (laughs) But they are really atrocious. Yes. (laughs) And your favorite book?
1: The Bible. Yeah. um, I, you know, I'm I'm, uh, with my past and the things that I've gone through in my life. It's really important to me to try and find happiness and uh, and I find truths that were written thousands of years ago uh, are relevant today and uh, and I'm uh, and so I uh, that has to be my favorite book
0: so another one of those books where it's a completely different book if you come to it as an adult than when it you were like even a young adult. yes you just with The different ways that you think and your different experiences—completely different. Well,
1: as you get older, you you start—you know—I think you start being confronted with realities that we don't have to worry about as children. And then, and so, how do we reconcile those in our daily walk of life?
0: Yeah, and a lot of those stories are not here is the good thing to do and here's the bad thing to do. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is well, this is pretty ambiguous. Why don't we discuss this ambiguity? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes not a guide, but always very helpful for getting your head in order. Uh, Please recommend a book.
1: Oh, um, you know, I read a book early on uh, in my life called um, Love is Letting Go of Fear. And, uh, and 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 I found the tools, and there's a really easy read. And I, and at the time, I was a very confused human being and struggled with a lot of things. And this book uh, really helped me to put things into perspective. And having been brought up in the church, it really took some truths that I had learned about in the Bible and restated them in a way that uh, allowed me to realize the the truths that were there that I that it took that it, the author is a guy named Jump he's a he was a uh, I think he was a counselor and um, it was just it was, it was a real eye-opener for me and very helpful even today
0: yeah uh, what was the last transportation problem you had
1: my car broke down <laughs> and so I had to walk to work. <laughs>
0: My car broke down, and I called the taxi. So smart. No. Oh. Did not have cash. Didn't know they don't take cash. Oh. I mean, they don't take cards.
1: They oh. Only take oh. Cards. That. So that did was, they make you walk?
0: Huh? He take said, an oh, I I oh, "Just,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: just pay the." Which next is year. <laughs> one of the
1: beautiful things about living in a small town.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, I was. I had everything except like a dollar. And I said, "I'll call." Them. More, she'll bring me a dog yeah. he said just don't let it happen again <laughs> uh, how were you inspired to get into the job you have
1: um, I have I, li- I was working for the city in my hometown and um, and I uh, the city manager who hired me um, was someone who uh, I felt like did an amazing job for that community and i and and I felt that, and it inspired me. Uh, I felt like if that in you know, local government, I can, I can have a very positive impact in the lives who uh, of the people who live in my town. And I just loved that that sense of accomplishment and aspired um, to make my home better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And now what I've found is, is even though I've lived in five different communities since then or four, um, every, every, wherever I'm living is home. And I have a love for my community and making it better, and, and I, it, it, uh, it makes it uh, really enjoyable to show up for work every day.
0: There's something in some people that just say, I'm going to help, and that's I think what that is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for inviting me. I'm glad you could have the time to drop in and do this. Absolutely. And we will talk to you again. All right. Thank you.